What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fresh Hope for Better You. As always, I'm your host, Alvin Glay, and I'm here to bring you some fresh hope for your day. Once again, I always start off the show by just expressing gratitude for all the listeners that tune in every single week. And you guys have shown me that you guys really do enjoy these guests that I'm bringing on. And today, I have a very special guest. Uh, he is an amazing person overall. And I had the honor of actually seeing him speak a few weeks ago at Unite and Conquer. And I'll just say this. He not only made me tear up and cry, but there wasn't a soul in that room that didn't tear up and cry because of how powerful this man's speech was and just how he delivered it. So I'm super excited to welcome aboard Wesley. Uh, Wesley is a motivational speaking and life coach. Uh, Wesley was actually just voted this past year the LV Most Influential Man of 2023. And after hearing him speak, I can definitely say it was well-earned. Um, and it's just overall, this dude is just crushing it in the speaking space and just helping people. Uh, his story is absolutely incredible. He went from selling waters on the street for a dollar, and then he went to the Olympics as a massage therapist. Uh, it is just phenomenal to be able to have had the opportunity to see this man speak. And I'm, you know, super grateful for him being on here to share his story with us. So welcome aboard, Wesley. Let's go, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, man. Uh, appreciate you. Yeah, not a problem at all. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Wesley? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, let me just say that um, congratulations to you on your journey. Um, I, 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 I know your journey. I, I, I've researched you and, and look, congrats, man. It's not easy to change. And I always say that, you know, it's not the change that's painful it's our resistance to it so well done my friend well done um as for me you know that 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 speaking engagement that we met at um it was incredible and um you know that was probably one of my top five performances definitely um just because brad is so near and dear to my heart um it was in my hometown and um Look, that that was a vision that Brad Modrich, who if you don't know him, you got to check him out. That was a vision that he's had for years. Um, so to see him bring that to light, um, it was an honor. It was an honor to share the stage with him, to be there and to pour into the attendees. Um, a little bit about me was I was I was born to be a farm boy. Right. That's what I was bred to be. Right um you know and and i still love it i still enjoy the farm life i go there often um you know it's a it's a it's a it's a interesting environment that 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 produces a work ethic like i've never seen in any other individual um it like i have in in people that grow up around the farm um you know and and at nine months old my mom you know left my dad and uh we moved to the closest thing that was the city. Um, at which point, you know, I grew up in that environment and I thought I had a normal life. I played football, baseball, wrestling, had all the materialistic things that a kid could ever want. But I realized that something was different about myself and my family at 12 years old. At 12 years old, I, I came home from wrestling practice and the state police detectives had my whole house surrounded and I'm standing on the sidewalk. I'm scared. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And I see my mother, my heart, my everything get carried out in handcuffs. That's the day that I found out that my mother was running a prostitution ring 
out of her massage therapy company. And I was crushed, bro. I mean, I was, you know, devastated. I felt like my whole life was a lie. Went to school the next day and all the kids made fun of me and I developed a low self-esteem as a result. I turned to drugs and alcohol at the age of 12 years old. And by the time I was 15, I had my first DUI. At 16, my sister turned our house into a crack house. There's people having sex in, in my bed. There's people smoking crack in the kitchen. There's people shooting dope in the bedroom. And one day I, I come home and I'm looking for my sister and I can't find her. So I knock on the bathroom door. No response. I kick open the door. <laughs> and there's my sister dead on the floor. She was blue in the face. She was unresponsive. She had a needle sticking out of her arm. She had overdosed on fentanyl. And I gave her CPR resuscitation and I saved her life that day. Last year, she just graduated with her bachelor's degree. One minute difference. And she would have been gone, right? And that's how precious life is. So by the time I was 19, I, I had three DUIs and seven underage drinking charges. I lost my license for 22 years in the state of Pennsylvania. Just a wild kid, bro. I just, I had no regard for human life, yours or mine. So I made a decision to move to Philadelphia. And I found myself a homeless heroin addict in North Philadelphia selling bottles of water for a dollar a piece, bro. I was 50 pounds less than I am right now. I was malnourished. I was dehydrated. And I had abscesses up and down my arms. I had to defecate on the public sidewalk in front of people, bro. I was a shell of a man. Look, it's one thing to have a problem. But it's a whole nother thing not to be able to talk to anybody about it as a result of the shame and guilt that you feel as a result of what your life has become, man. I know that you know how that feels, bro. It's not, it's like, I don't want these results. I don't want to be this person anymore, but I don't know what, how to stop. And I feel as though I can't talk to anybody because society puts this shame and guilt on us. I don't know where it comes from. And therefore I'll just stay in my, in my shitty mess. So one day, my mom walks in on me in the bathroom about to stick a needle in my arm. And the pain in her eyes was more than I could handle, bro. It Just the look in her eyes and the pain and the fear. And I dropped to my knees and I prayed like I've never prayed before in my life. And it was the most humble prayer that I've ever said. And it was, please, God, help me, bro. And um, in that moment, I made a new decision. That's our gift from God. My dog can't be anything but a dog. The squirrel can't be anything but a squirrel, bro. But human beings, we have the ability to discern and to make a decision. That's our gift from God. So if you don't like your life, if you don't like the results that you're getting, if you don't like your circumstances, you get to make a new decision. And that's what I did. I made a new decision. 
And when you make a new decision, that means I am going to cut off any and every other opportunity except where I'm going to be successful. Is that it's either die or succeed. And when it's either die or succeed, we tend to succeed. So the hardest part is really just making that decision of I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to succeed, man. And that's exactly what I did. I made a decision that I will never, ever go back to drugs and alcohol, man. I don't know why I say drugs and alcohol. Alcohol is a drug. <laughs> it's just socially acceptable, man. <laughs> but we seem to think that there's a difference. So I made a decision that I'm number one. I'm never going back to that lifestyle ever again. I don't care if 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 I if I don't have a dollar to my name, if my wife leaves me, if my dog dies, no matter what happens, I'm never going back to that ever. And that's the decision that I made 12 years ago. And then I made another decision that I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to achieve my dreams, man. And that's what I did. So I, I, in 2013, I was an iron worker welder. I was making $80,000 a year, right? I had the girl, she was down to do whatever. I'm driving without a license. I got an apartment. I'm, I, you know, I have all the materialistic things that I thought that I wanted, but I'm miserable, bro. How could I have everything that I thought that I wanted, but I'm ready to put a, a bullet in my brain? And I, at, at 27 years old, I realized that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. You can never fix a spiritual void with a physical thing, bro. No matter how hard you try. So I did the craziest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I walked away from it all. If you can't walk away from it, you don't own it. It owns you. <laughs> if you can't put it down, you don't own it. It owns you. That's some real shit right there. For the audience, you need to re-listen to that last, you know, 30 seconds because that is the realest shit I've heard in a long time right there. <laughs> Yo, for real. <laughs> And I don't care what it is. If you can't put it down and be okay, you don't own it. It owns you. So here I am. Just, just walked away from security of working for somebody else. Told the girl she's got to go. Told the, the landlord I got to go. And I sold my car after driving out of license for nine and a half years, bro. Everybody looks at Damn, you lost your license for 22 years. And then one day my boy goes, man, I'm more impressed that you drove without one for nine and a half. <laughs> like, you know, you got a point there. <laughs> I think that's it. So I, I was, you know, I, I said I, for once in my life, man, I'm going to do everything right. I've always cut corners. I've always wanted the maximum benefits with the least amount of work. I've always been that guy, right? How can I get to my dreams, my goals without doing the work. And at, you know, at 28 years old, I said, for once in my life, I'm going to do everything right. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to the old way. But for once, I'm just going to try. And that's what I did, man. I started riding a bicycle. Dude, dude bought me a bicycle for a hundred dollars. Here I am. I'm living in a recovery house. 
next to a 70-year-old guy named Frank who had killed two people. He had two bodies on him. He was a gangster, bro. Old man Frank. He was cool. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, but he murdered two people in his lifetime um, in, a, in an alcoholic rage. And I'm riding a bicycle. I got no car, no job, no girlfriend. I have no materialistic things to attach to my my identity. All I had was two bags of, of clothes and a prayer, man. And when you feel like your life is falling apart, bro, how do you know it's not all coming together, man? You know, rock bottom is a great place to begin to, to build your life, man. It's a great foundation. And I'm so grateful for my rock bottom moments. And I'm st so I start riding a bicycle. I'm, I'm 30 years old at this time. And bro, in my head, Everything is saying, yo, look, they're laughing at you, bro. Look, look at you. You're riding a bicycle. You're 30 years old. They're laughing at you. Oliver, I promise you to this day, dude, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows who they are. <laughs> if you ever meet them, tell them I'm looking for them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who they are. The they is the six inches in between my ears that keeps me from my dreams, man. It's your inner dialogue. So here I am riding a bicycle, and I get this. I get this message that I I choose to call God at this point, and it says. Go help your mom. Go help my mom. Bro, I'm a six foot tall iron worker welder with big ego and, you know, construction worker, farm dude, hunts that spent time in North Philadelphia. You want me to go rub dudes' backs? <laughs> what are they going to think? <laughs> Go help your mom, man. But I got a low self-esteem. Go help your mom. Let me tell you a side story about my mom. My mom got arrested for running a prostitution ring in 1997. In a small town. It was the most embarrassing thing that I've ever seen anyone go through. And that woman stuck it out and fought. And did the right thing. Right? And, and did legitimate massage therapy after that. Got rid of all them girls and did the right thing, bro. While a whole town ridiculed her and blackballed her. Three years later, the year 2000, she's fighting it out, grinding it out, showing up every day, having a good attitude. She says, hey, Wes, I want you to meet somebody. So I sit at the desk and I look to my left. And there's Donovan McNabb, the head quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. My mom went on to be the head massage therapist for the Philadelphia Eagles from 2000 to 2012 because she never ran, because she fought it out, because she didn't run. So when God told me to go help my mom on a bicycle, 
I rode eight and a half miles with no business experience whatsoever to go build my family business and make sure nobody ever called my mom a whore ever again, bro. That was my why. I didn't want to build a big business. I want to sh make sure motherfuckers never talk shit about my mom ever again. That was my motivation. That was my why. And when you have a why so strong that you will do whatever it takes, success is inevitable. So I never wanted to flex on social media or post all this shit or have money on a screen. This was my family name. So I rebranded, I showed up every day, I invested in leadership, I invested in personal development, and I grew that business from 40,000 a month to 40,000, uh, from 40,000 a year to 40,000 a month, employed 12 therapists at one time, you know, doing incredible things, half a million dollars a year. And one day I'm being of service which means that I go out into the community and I'm doing chair massage and I donate all the proceeds to the, the high school track and field team. And during that event, this woman comes up into my tent to get a chair massage. Tall, beautiful, athletic looking woman. She says, oh, this is great. I love massage. Well, I said, that's what I do. And when I put my hands on her, I realized that there's something special about this woman. You got to understand, I put my hands on thousands of people. I can tell. So I do a little Google search. Turns out her name's Joetta Clark. She's a four-time Olympic athlete. Her father was Joe Clark. If you've ever seen the movie Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman, that was her real dad. She's got a daughter named Talitha Diggs, who's now a world champion in the 400 meter. I'm on team Talitha. So I literally went from selling bottles of water in the middle of the street, bro, for a dollar piece and losing my license for 22 years to go into the Olympics and working with the NFL PGA and some of the most influential people in the world. All because I changed my standards and my self-image, man. Here's another story real quick. I built that business up a half a million dollars a year, right? I had never tasted success. There's never been anything positive associated with the public eye and Wesley Morris, right? I've never been that guy. I was a first class fuck up, dude. So I build up the business and me and my mom, we're just banging heads left and right. But one night I hear a message, same message that said, go help your mom. That same voice said, I want you to let it go. So I literally gave a half a million dollar a year business back to my mom like that. When you're a little kid on the monkey bars. Remember when you were a little kid, Oliver? On the monkey bars yeah. on the playground? Oh, yeah. 
you can't go to the next monkey bar until you let go of the one that you're on, bro. And so many times we want to go to the next level, but we're not willing to let go of the things that are holding us back. You can't go to the next one until you let go of the one you're on, bro. So sometimes it's it's not, it's not. We need to take a look at what we're holding on to so tight that's restricting us, that's weighing us down. So I let go. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I'm a man of faith, right? I don't hide that. And I'm praying and I'm talking to God and I'm like, yo, bro, what do you want me to do? Cause you know, I can't sit. And I meditate every morning, dude. I won't talk to you unless I meditate. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's part of my everyday routine. And I'm meditating one morning and I get a vision. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a nonprofit in South Carolina called fire pit ranch. The mission of the nonprofit is they mentor young boys that grow up without fathers. I'm talking about some of these kids have seen horrific things, man. One kid watched his dad shoot his mom in the front seat of the car point blank at 11 years old. And God says, I want you to ride your bicycle there. What? You want me to ride my bike to South Carolina? Yeah. You want to be one of the best speakers in the world? Let me see that you're willing to do whatever it takes. So I two weeks ago, I literally rode my bike to South Carolina, 479 miles, 52,000 in elevation change over nine days to go raise awareness for young boys that grow up without fathers. And during that ride, I realized that, you know, nine days, you got a lot of time to think, dude. So I'm on the bike, I'm riding. And I realized that this bicycle, this bicycle is a metaphor for a successful and meaningful life. And it came to me like a ton of bricks, bro. Now, follow me. You got the handlebars, right? They determine direction. It's important to have direction in life. One degree to the left or the right, I'm ending up in a completely different destination. It's important to have direction. And I'm looking at my frame. Now, I know that you're a nutrition coach. It's important to have a good physical body, right? A good, strong physical frame. One crack in my frame, and I'm on the side of the road watching everybody else go through life. Then I'm looking at my pedals, man. Those are your desires. What do you want? The higher the vibrational frequency of our desires, the more power we're going to put to our pedals, bro. What do you want? Then I'm looking at the wheel. That's our support system. At any given point during that ride, all of my weight was on one or two spokes. And at any given time during your life, you're going to have to rely on one or two people, man. Then I'm looking at my tires. Those are filled with inspiration and motivation. Now you got to fill your tires up daily. 
Because if you ever try to ride on flat tires, bro, it makes it a little difficult. And then I'm looking at the gears. Successful people know which gear to be in at the appropriate time. Huh? You could be in a high gear. Going up a a, 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 a a steep hill, and you're just going to not make it. Or vice versa. And then I'm looking at the seat. It's important to support yourself, man. Very few people are going to believe in your dreams the way that you're going to believe in them. So you're going to have to support your dreams, man. Lastly, I'm looking at the brakes. Now, Oliver, in life, sometimes you're going up, sometimes you're going down, bro. Everybody and everything in the universe is subject to the law of rhythm. And that means that there's cycles. It's important to slow down and enjoy the ride, man. We get so fixated on the destination that we completely miss the entire journey sometimes. Now, my bicycle only goes forward. So stop backpedaling. I stopped living in the past. My bike only goes forward. And you haven't seen life until you've seen it at eight miles an hour. So keep pedaling. I absolutely love that analogy, dude. When you gave that during your speech, dude, it just like hit me like a brick wall. I just never really looked at it like that. And something I've been caught up with a lot in my past is just like always chasing that next destination. But yet I forget to slow down and actually enjoy it. Like my first two years of my self-development journey was straight. Like it was basically like, fuck you, get out of my way. I'm doing this. And I did not enjoy any of it. And I don't really have regrets, but if I could do something and go back, I would to enjoy that time more because it was already guaranteed that I was going to lose the weight, that I was going to take the drug addictions and all these things. It was just, I didn't take the time to actually enjoy the process. And now after reading the book, The Alchemist, I'm sure you've probably read that book or heard of it. Uh, it's about the journey. That is truly what life is about. And that's something that I've come to realize is just taking the time, especially now that, you know, I have a significant other that I love spending time with. Like I take, I take a step back and I separate myself from work and all the other shit. And I just enjoy being in the moment with her and doing cool things in life. And that's something I've just come to realize. And after hearing your speech again, like last uh, couple weeks ago, it just really made me reflect on that and just, you know, being present in the moment, taking a step back, slowing down you know, taking the time to smell the flowers, man, it's life's fucking beautiful. If you take the time to look for the beauty in it, uh, which goes into what I wanted to ask you about. And so you talk during your speech and you talk about how 50% is showing up 40, 40% is good attitude and 10% is faith. Why is attitude so important? I know why, but I want you to explain to the listeners why it is so important. Yeah, man. A attitude is, is broken down into your ideas, your actions, and your beliefs. Um, look, you can show up with a piss poor attitude. You're not getting anything done. Nothing, po nothing positive, you know? And, um, you know, it's, it's so important because the, the, the law of attraction is actually a secondary law, the law of vibration. 
And the law of vibration says, says that there's a, a vibrational frequency to all things. Everything vibrates. Nothing stays the same. You have a vibrational frequency. I have a vibrational frequency. And when I'm in a positive attitude, I have a positive vibration. When I'm in a negative attitude, I'm in a negative vibration, right? And positive people attract other positive people. And a huge part of success and creating the life of your dreams is relationships. So you are going to attract what you want in life based on the vibrational frequency that you're in. Simple as that, bro. So important, dude. So important. Not so I can jump around and be a happy guy so that I can attract what I want in my life. Look, I, I've been in, I, I spent uh, the first half of my life in a negative vibration, pissed off, frustrated, angry at everybody else, blaming everyone else, right? And I attracted some some interesting characters. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just want to attract people like yourself. Yeah, no, there's a reason I was so drawn to you at the event and stuff like that. And I noticed too, you know, back when I was pissed off at the world and I played victim and all this pity me stuff, like I was drawing that type of attention and attraction and through people. And like at the time I didn't notice it, but now looking back, it's like, well, no shit. You were attracting drug addicts. No shit. You were attracting partners that you weren't going to end up with. Well, no shit. Look at yourself in the mirror, man. How, what type of energy are you putting out? What type, how are you vibrating and so forth? So like, thank you for diving into that because it is the realest shit. Like the law of attraction is super real and the law of vibration, you know, the higher you vibrate, the more likely you're going to draw in higher vibration people and I've noticed that like now, I don't remember the last time I've attracted someone that's a negative Nancy to come talk to me. Before it was all the time. Now I never have it, ever. No one that's negative comes and talks to me. So it's just something that I've noticed over time. You actually repel them. You, you, they, you, you repel them. Um, and, you know, I don't, it's important. It's important to to recognize that, you know, that I was, look, I was unaware of my vibrational frequency. I had, I had no idea. So once I became aware, uh, a lot of things started to change. And, um, you know, I, I, I almost feel bad for people that wake up every day and hate their life. Um, and just know that I've been there and there's a, there's another way. Oh, I've been there also. And so, you know, if someone's waking up and they're hating their life every day, I know a lot of your talks and how your coaching goes, it's like a lot of it has to do with the environment. I want to hear like your preference on like why environment is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we are a, a product of our environment. Um, you know, on your attitude is going to be a reflection of your thoughts. Your thoughts are going to be a reflection of 
your environments, what you see, what you uh, take in on a daily basis. If you are not intentional about what you allow to penetrate your conscious mind on a daily basis, the world will do it for you. And therefore, you know, look, I can make a lot of money by making you think that you're not enough and I have the answer. Right. And that's what society does. It, it, it makes you compare yourself to everyone else so that you feel like you're not enough. And therefore you think that the answer is in a physical purchase. So it's very important to guard your mind. You got to, I, th I think it was a uh, James Allen that says, stand guard at the door of your mind. Um, it's very, very important. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because, you know, when you let certain things in your mind, whether it be from like the news with all the bullshit going on, people get so caught up in all the shit that's happening in the world and they start forgetting about what's actually like important in their life, which is themselves. And so when people want to bitch and complain about all the politics and stuff like that, when none of that even matters, I've quit listening to news. I quit listening to, you know, certain podcasts that just talk about all the shit going on in the world because yes, you want to change the world, but truthfully, the only way you can actually make a change is by changing yourself. And the last time you spend listening to all this negative shit going on in the world, you know, puts you in a better mindset, which is really going to help you out. And it's just going to help change your environment. Also, like, you can change your intermediate environment. You can't change what's happening across seas. You can't change what's happening on social media. And I think so many people just get caught up in the social media game in comparison and just thinking that, you know, it's supposed to be this way compared to that way when, you know, most of the shit people are posting on social media, except for people like me and you that just keep it 100% real. We're not hiding who we are. We aren't flaunting. We aren't flexing in front of Lamborghinis and doing all that other stuff that all these quote unquote coaches or life coaches are doing. When they're just trying to, like you said, take your money, they make you feel the pain and they think that you have the prop, you can solve their problems, but ultimately like they have no position, they're in no position to do that because they've never really been through what certain people have done. Like me and you have been through addiction. We've been through a lot of really bad shit in our lives. And I think that most people don't really, don't really understand that. Like there, there is a reason for coaches, but there's a lot of fake coaches and stuff out there. So I want to hear what's your, you know, the reason why you wanted to be the life coach. I, I know, but I want you to tell the like audience what values you bring as a life coach and why you do that. Um, I, I, let me go back to environment real quick and then I'll, I'll answer the question. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I always take things back to um to universal law, right? So I, I have a garden in my backyard, right? Now, in order for my garden to bear fruit, I have to make sure that the environment is conducive for growth, right? Now, if my soil is too wet or it's too dry or it doesn't have the proper nutrients, or we doesn't have sunlight, right? If there's toxicity in my soil, the plants are not going to grow. And that's why the environment that I plant my plants in is so important. The same is true with human beings. The environment that you are surrounding yourself in is going to be the catalyst for your rate of growth. And that's 
that's very important. Um, I don't consider myself a quote unquote coach um, just because I, I, I don't know. I, I, the, I, I think that, you know, the industry is saturated with, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go into that one. I, I just know that I'm a guy that has experienced some adversity in his life. And, you know, I, I, people come to me. I, I, I never really started to market this. I never marketed being a speaker. It, it, it really just came to me. And, um, you know, I spoke and helped people that are on drugs for eight years before I ever even knew that you could earn a living doing it. And once I found out that you could, I took a look at the industry and I said, well, I'm way better than these cats. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> give me the microphone. What? You want to hear a story? I got one for you. And that's how it happened, dude. Um, never really set out to do it. I love that answer, man. That is incredible. And that's how a coach should be. You know, it's, the people that are like, oh, I want to become a coach and they, you know, they take these courses and they start, you know, doing all these things because they want to coach people. But if you don't have the experiences yourself and you don't have, you know, the rough past that you've been able to overcome, I truthfully don't think you should even, you know, consider being a coach. And your calling to become a coach was because of your past and the things you were able to overcome and your incredible story. So if, if there is people out there that, you know, think they should or shouldn't be a coach. I mean, you know, look at your life. Like, what have you overcome? What are you able, what values are you able to provide? Like you provided value for over eight years, helping drug addicts overcome their addictions and doing all that and speaking to them. And then your opportunity came and you seize that opportunity because that is what this world needed at the time. And God, God basically told you and showed you all the signs. He gave you the opportunities to do that. So it just really goes to show that most people like, you're calling if you aren't a believer in God or the universe. Everyone that listens to the show knows I'm a huge believer and my faith and the how the universe works is he will tell you what you need to do. All you do have to do is listen. And that's where like, you know, the meditation and stuff comes in every day. I'm sure that, you know, you hear something that's like, okay, well, I should probably be doing this. And I'm curious, you know, when you go through your meditations and, you know, you, you hear that voice talking to you. Is it something that you try to take action on right away or is it you wait until it's, you know, continues to reoccur in your, you know, meditations? It depends on this, on the, uh, what's necessary. So a lot of times, um, when I'm meditating, I, it's really just helping me process either the day before or be intentional about the day I want to have, um, you know, every once in a while I'll get. I'll get a, a, a serious nudge in the direction that I'm supposed to go. Um, it, in the case of the bike ride, I, I received that message six months before I actually left. So there was a lot of preparation time, but you know, if there's, if there's something that's urgent that I should act on right away, then, then I'll take the appropriate measures. Awesome. 
yeah, I know you talked a lot about like how self-image is so important because I remember back in the day when I was overweight, I was a drug addict. I literally avoided mirrors at all costs because I saw right through the bullshit. I saw the things that, you know, the holes in my game, who I was becoming. I wanted to avoid that at all costs because I knew that I was going to have to change. And I wasn't quite ready to deal with the pain of the change at the time. And I want you to talk about and explain like why self-image is so important to the listeners. Oh my gosh. It's extremely important. Um, there's a book called psycho cybernetics. It's by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And essentially Dr. Maxwell Maltz was a, um, he was a plastic surgeon and he would help people that were completely deformed, you know, whether they were in a fire or whatever the case may be. So there was one patient where his face had been completely deformed as a result of a bad accident. And Dr. Maxwell Maltz, you know, fixed him, right. Gave him, you know, a good looking appearance but the guy, when he still looked in the mirror, he still saw that deformed person, even though it wasn't there anymore, right? And our 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 results in our life are directly predicated to what we think that we're worth. Your income, where you live, your life partner, your weight. It's all it's all a result of your standards. And you want better results? It's very simple. Just raise your standards. And your standards are predicated on who you think you are and what you think you're worth, man. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And look, there's certain times where I'll be in a room full of, you know, my biggest fear in life is it's weird. It's a weird fear, rich, educated white people with old power i get in there and i feel like i'm not enough i feel like i'm that homeless heroin addict that had a bad past you know and that's why i did that exercise with the inner child because until you dress that it's very difficult to achieve the dream that you want yeah, that exercise, that is what made me tear up and cry a little bit in every person in that room because I don't remember the last time I did touch in with my inner child. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that, man, because now that I, when I came home, you know, I tried touching in multiple times since, you know, that conference with my inner child, just, to, you know, find the inner, internal peace and just to dig out that inner child and realizing what I used to enjoy and how happy I used to be with certain things. And that's brought me fulfillment and joy within that. I know with us being high achievers, uh, you know, we have very high standards for ourselves and the people around us. Uh, what do you do when you catch yourself uh, or catch your standards starting to slip? Is there some sort of process you go through to check yourself? I know that a lot of it comes from just creating awareness. Like the more you're aware of yourself and your disciplines and your daily actions, like the easier it is to check yourself when those standards start to slip. And that's why it's so important to keep uh, high quality people around you. That's why your network and your inner circle is so important because look, I'll, I'll fall off, you know, um, 
but I won't let you down. I'll let myself down, but I won't let you down. So I check in with them and they hold me accountable. And um, yeah, that's how I keep that in check. Yeah, that's awesome. That goes back into why your environment is so important because I know when I was hanging around the wrong crowd, I was doing the wrong things. Even when I first started hanging around the wrong people, I wasn't doing the drugs and stuff like that. But over time, the more time I spent with them, I started to conform to the patterns that they did. And which, I mean, it talks about in the Bible, like do not conform to the patterns of this world. Um, And I think so many people just get so stuck and just, you know, they get uncomfortable because I know when I made the transition in my self-development journey, uh, there was like the grace period that we call like no man's land where you just feel like you don't have anyone. You're alone. You stop hanging out with your old friends. You quit doing the old things you used to do and you just feel alone. And I feel like so many people struggle with that period of time, even though it can be very short. If you find like, you know, certain tribes that I'm part of like first form RT and all those other things where it has those people that are going to hold you to that higher standards. And I think a lot of people, really struggle with getting pulled back before they actually find that next tribe. And then they just get stuck there the rest of their lives. And they think that deep down, they don't have that, you know, sense that they're worth it. And that's what comes back into your self image and things like that. And I just know that the world needs more people that are striving for better, which is why it's phenomenal that, you know, you're speaking, like you do speak, speaking engagements because there's a lot of people there that was their first, like, self-development event and brad hosted an amazing event it was i've been to a few of them and that was like the most like personal one because it wasn't so big that it was just like a bunch of big name like crazy huge name speakers giving you a bunch of shit and then selling you a course after it was like he didn't want you really taking notes during it he gave you time afterwards to write and he gave you a prompt to write about and how you're going to take actionable steps and like i read that thing every day and making sure i'm following through with the things that i told myself i was going to do which is things like you know checking in with my inner child and doing all these things and it's just been incredible since that unite and conquer event for myself personally and i know a lot of other people are feeling the same way i'm curious to see what your takeaways were from the event being a speaker and also being a guest there listening to the other speakers um it it was great um as a speaker, it was a great environment. Like you said, it was intimate. Um, it wasn't just crazy over the top. And and it wasn't, um, you know, uh, what I call a rah-rah, right? So it wasn't just, yeah, pump everybody up. Like all the speakers gave real value. They gave real action plans, um, you know, real 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 game plans that you can follow that you can get new results in your life um and i was you know i was just honored to be there there was there was good energy in there there was good love it was um it was amazing i'm excited for you know what my man does next year i'm already planning like yo let's 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 blow you know let's let's do it again let's go let's go let's go um incredible yeah absolutely incredible yeah good stuff i'm so glad you came bro dude it was phenomenal i'm grateful to be there and i had like a blessing it was like so you have ever heard of people playing video games and stuff with a bunch of buddies and then they over the years and they end up meeting for the first time in person 
Yeah. So Brad's basically planted a seed for a mastermind group called Kaizen that me and Parker and a bunch of other my boys that have been meeting for the last you know four months on Zoom every week talking to each other. And these guys all became my best friends. Like I talked to these guys more than anything. And at this event, it brought us all together for the first time in person. And it was it was such an incredible experience to be able to, you know, meet my best friend that I had been talking to six months prior every day on the phone or FaceTime, just talking about, you know, what we're doing, what we're working on. And just like, it's hard for me because I don't, all the people I used to hang around, I don't hang around them anymore. So having that connection with, you know, Parker and Brian, like just getting to see those guys in person really just like open up the world to me because it just gave me a sense of fulfillment that these are actually my brothers that truly care about me and just to be able to connect in person. And then, you know, we still are meeting every Thursday, but now we're looking forward to the next time we can see each other in person. We've already talked about what we're going to do for Unite and Conquer next year and all these other things. So it was just, besides, you know, the amazing event, just the relationships I've been able to develop because of the seeds Brad's planted and just the amount of help he's, you know, given me and all these guys over the last, you know, six months to a year has just been incredible. So I'm truly grateful for my brother, Brad. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast uh, next week. We're recording an episode. So super stoked about that. Um, But that goes into getting it wrapped up. So at the end of every uh, show, I basically asked uh, uh, the guest, what book had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, man. That's a that's a great question. That's a tough one. Um I, I want to say that it was this one. This is uh the science of getting rich, Wallace D. Waddles. So I like to, I like to read dead masters, you know, guys that are no longer here. Um, Wallace D. Waddles, uh, Napoleon Hill, obviously is a big name. Um, Thomas Troward, um, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, James Allen, um, Victor Frankel, you know, these guys wrote incredible books, um, about personal development, um, in the 19th century, the 20th century, you know, um, they didn't do it for the money. They, um, they did it for the, for the passion, for the true, the true sense of giving, giving back what they had discovered. And, and, you know, this book basically, you know, it, it really opened my eyes to, um, how I should be thinking in order to attract, you know, everything that I want. So really good. The science of getting rich by Wallace D. Waddles. Love it. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Napoleon Hill uh, fan. Thinking grow rich. And I just finished reading outwitting the devil. I don't know if you've read that, but phenomenal book. I absolutely like so eye-opening the fact that it was written in the 1930s but yet it's so applicable think and grow rich right there uh yeah it's so applicable to today's day and age even though it was literally written almost 100 years ago it's just super wild to think about you know all all the things that they went through back then 
compared to now. And I think with all of those amazing authors you had just talked about, I feel like 99% of the self-development books today are just, you know, newer versions of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I think James Clear, uh, Atomic Habits, that's some new information. That's some new research. Um, but everybody, even the guys that I mentioned, you know, the principles all come from the Bible. Right. They do. It's just putting it in a way that, you know, is easier to understand. I think, you know, check this guy out too. If you like thinking grow rich, my mentor, Paul Martinelli, he wrote uh, an epilogue to that, the missing three chapters, um, the missing chapters to think and grow rich. And what he talks about is, is forgiveness, um, tithing and love, which are, you know, they're missing from there. So Paul Martinelli, check him out. He's a, he's a product of, of that book, Think and Grow Rich. So good stuff. I love that. Well, I just want to say, Wesley, thank you once again, man, for not only the amazing speech and what you're doing in this world and truly helping other people, but also for joining us today and giving the audience an amazing you know, story. Um, I will make sure to attach all of uh, the places you guys can connect with them. Uh, where can I get in touch with you? Yeah, my website, uh, Wesley Morris, W-E-S-T-L-E-Y, M-O-R-R-I-S. Um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Or you could just call me, 610-554-5533. Awesome. Well, I love to hear, brother. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And uh, yeah, that's all we got for you guys today. Make sure that you share this show with someone uh, because ultimately I don't run ads or anything like that. And I never plan to because I want this to just be straight valuable. I'm trying to impact millions of people's lives throughout the course of mine. And you never know, you could be the missing link to help someone change and save their life today. So make sure you guys give the show a share. And always remember, there's a fresh hope for better you. Yeah.